Looks like half the people have showed up in the last ten minutes. Nice to see everybody out this morning. We had a... Beth and I had made a real fast trip out into Saskatchewan. Jordan sold a piece of equipment to a farmer who is very, very busy man. And the farmer had said if somebody can run it out, he'll pay for the trip. So, so we had a paid trip out there, about close to 100 miles east of Lloydminster. And I have to say that it was a long day of driving, but it was beautiful with the fall colors all the way. And, and we crossed a, about a two-minute ferry ride crossing the North Saskatchewan there in one spot. And, and uh, just unbelievable scenery. A lot of that country is is tabletop flat and not very pretty country compared to a trip to Nordig or something, but but still it has its beauty in a way. For a text I'll read the first chapter in the book of Psalms. It's a, it's a short chapter, but there's lots there. Praying that God would open open this word to us. So reading these words, there's only six verses in the chapter. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the seat of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. words of wisdom here and I guess starting out there I late last night before I turned in I was I was looking at a book that's on my little messy little bookshelf beside my chair it's a it's a book called Churchill in wartime and I think of well I think of the, the Queen Elizabeth passing and and she stood up for the right she was known as the, as the defender of the faith and I think we'd have to look far and wide to see a world leader of any kind these days that that can come close to that. And this book I was looking at just before I went to bed about Churchill during during the war. There's mostly pictures, but but write up little write ups on every picture. Churchill had traveled to to Newfoundland, I think it was twice during the war to meet with Roosevelt, and he even he even kind of disguised his trip. <coughs> 
by publishing a picture in England of it, of him handing his wife a a charity check or something that she was head of some organization and this was put in the papers to make it look like Churchill was in England when actually he was on his on his way over to by ship over to Newfoundland to meet with Roosevelt and kind of disguised his trip that way and but when he met on this ship with Roosevelt it's it's touching he ordered what he called the divine service as part of his part of his uh, itinerary or whatever word you'd use and there's a picture of and I don't I don't remember what song they were singing but there's about 50 men there all dressed up in their military uniforms and and uh, sailor captains and sitting there and they had a service on that ship and Churchill ordered the scripture and the the hymns they were going to sing and it looks like in the picture out of 50 men there's three or four men that aren't singing but everybody else their mouths are wide open and I think that when it says here blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful if we could have world leaders like that that instead of politicians they're statesmen and a politician stands for whatever gets him into being elected the next time a statesman stands for what's right and I thought that 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 divine service he called it on that ship and I don't suppose it was the only one he ordered during his reign but I believe that God would be pleased with that whether all these men agreed with everything he, he ordered or not, I don't know. But there would be blessing coming from that. And this this doesn't only apply to, to world leaders. It applies to each one of us as individuals who really are not very influential in the way that things go in this world. But we are, each of us, influential in our in our homes, in our lives, in our families, in our community, in little ways maybe, but possibly powerful ways. Hopefully powerful ways. There in the Beatitudes it talks about the blessing that comes on people. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're in a blessed state. And this, this this says that blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't we don't go to the wisdom of this world. 
for direction. And, and even on the way over to church, I was thinking about possibly there are words of wisdom that come out of, out of uh, maybe worldly things, maybe looking at nature. Uh, we learn as little children about the wise old owl and, and wise sayings he could come up with or whatever. And, and I'm not saying these things are all bad. But we don't walk in the counsel of this world. In, in the um, 12th chapter of... You'll have to excuse me, I'm using a different Bible. Because my, my other one is getting so tattered that it's coming apart. I looked at it and... Mommy and the kids gave it to Daddy in 1988. So, it's got quite a bit of mileage on it. Twelfth chapter of, of Romans starts off saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than, than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And it goes on there. There's, there's lots written there. But... We're in a blessed state when we can turn to this word, or we can turn to an elder for for advice when we when we come across and there's no shortage of them, trials of this life. It says that man is blessed when he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly have lots lots of wise things and lots of lots of advice to give us. It says that we don't stand in the way of sinners. We don't we don't go that way. We don't want to go that way that and and the sad part is that I think it's David that talks about it and I, I can't I can't find the verses but where he says he envies those in the world. They seem to prosper, they seem to be getting ahead, they seem to be be in the limelight and these things, and he, and he finds himself envying these. The scriptures tell us not to not to do that. Don't don't go that way. Don't envy those people. Their end is not good. They may prosper in this life. They may they may have the biggest and the best and and all the popularity and all the money and all these things as they go through this life. Like we read about the rich man and Lazarus. And and some have said that, and, and it's it's a popular understanding that that if we're a child of God, that we'll we'll have have much of this world's goods, and we'll really prosper in this life. Well, we we read about Lazarus there in that in the account of, of the rich man and Lazarus. He had nothing. He didn't even have health says the dogs came and licked his sores it doesn't seem like very much comfort was given him for for his condition and 
And the rich man lived sumptuously. He ate well, he dressed well, probably traveled and did all these things that that it takes wealth to do. And But we see that when they passed from this life, we see that, the, that Lazarus is resting in the bosom of Abraham. And I believe that's a that's a figurative thing, but it's it shows us that he's resting in a place that is good and secure. And and the, the future that lies ahead of him is heaven itself. And the joys and the glory that will go with being with our God and our Savior forever. The rich man, it says he died. It says nothing of, of him being comforting, comfortable or comforted. And we see that he cries out that, that uh, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger and that he could even drop a drop of water on my tongue and it would, it would, it would be some kind of comfort. I remember Brother Dick openly wondering if that was if that drop of water is the gospel. He was denied even that in the place that he was, place of torment. So we don't want to, we don't want to do these things. We don't want to walk in the <coughs> counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. We don't want to join up with these people, these crowds. But it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And I, I, I don't have the ability to speak of all those things that are, that are contained in the law of the Lord. But basically, love your neighbor as yourself. That we would have that kind of love for people that, that Jesus has for us. That while we were yet sinners, he, he calls us in, into the fold of the living. It says the delight of the, the child of God, the delight of this man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, is the law of the Lord. Our delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, in, in this law, we meditate day and night. It doesn't impress the world, but it brings peace. It brings peace to our hearts, and it brings peace to anyone's heart that will come to God. Anyone's heart that will turn from his ways. We, we read about the, I guess the uh, Jews and their sojourn through this life. Not, not only those millions that went through the, the wilderness with Moses, but their ups and downs all through the centuries and the years that went by. And when they turn to God, and God pleads with them all the time to turn to him, and he will bless them. Good things came to them. And when they turned away from God, evil rulers were given them. I believe that's what we're seeing in the Western world. 
evil rulers are, it seems like they're a dime a dozen these days. It's hard to, hard to find anyone you can put any trust in. Our delight should be in the law of the Lord. It says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of, rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This, this doesn't mean that we're going to become multimillionaires or, or big shots in this world. It means things, things will go well with us, spiritually speaking. I think of, <coughs> I think of that. Maybe it's a temptation that, that the scriptures give us, which, which might sound kind of funny, but in the very, the very end of Revelations, I want to go there. This is speaking of Jesus. These are things that, that John saw concerning concerning what's on the other side. First he sees the the temple of God. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven up, from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We have a a picture of a wedding taking place here. The bride is you and I. People who have had our sins forgiven and have our eyes fixed on heavenly things. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Anyways, that that holy city that he sees is is the children of God. And in the, in the last chapter starts out, it says, He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the, in the midst of it, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree or for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to shew unto Shew unto his servants the things which must shortly be done 
Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. That first, or the third verse there in this text I took, it says, he shall be this, this individual, he or she, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Even our little jaunt there the other day, you see, you see in the river valleys the cottonwood trees or balm trees, whatever you want to call them. And they do well where they're well watered. It says, this is what this man is going to be like. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We have to read these words. People that are not, not familiar with or don't ever spend any time in the Word of God and not not that I am always drawn to it either, but but they know nothing about these things. They know nothing about the wisdom that comes from above. It says the ungodly are not so. So it compares the godly to the ungodly here. I'm I'm the least of of those that are always searching the scriptures for for truth and, and all kinds of things. I, I have lots of interest in this life. And and it's it can be a battle that, that we don't spend all our time looking for looking after these interests. I, I don't think it's wrong that we have interests. That's that's the way we're made. But our our main interest is supposed to be coming from this word. And our focus is supposed to be on heavenly things. The things, the things of this life, are he, are here for us to say make a living with and find pleasure in a certain amount. I believe, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes where it says it's good that a man can enjoy the labors of his own hands. So if 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 a man can. And, and this is just a figurative thing. If a man can build a cabin and find a wife and settle down and have a, have a living of some kind, that's the labors of his hands. He's put together something. He's been consistent. He's worked hard. And that's the labors of his hands. And we know that God can bless. God will bless. We lead stable lives. And do these things, God will bless. Here, here, the next, the fourth verse, it compares the ungodly with the godly. It says the ungodly are not so, even even though it looks like they're, they're prospering and really going places. They're not like that tree planted by the water. It says they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. I just finished my few acres of combine and there wasn't much wind but I do know that that when, when the wind is blowing and the chaff is pouring out of the back of the combine it's it's a virtual storm and this chaff blows away and it's of 
very little value, if any. This is what the ungodly are like. The ungodly are not like that river plant, a tree planted by the rivers of water, well watered. Last last uh, night and, and of course during a little bit the afternoon and evening, we listened to four different sermons from these Hawkinson Fall services that are going on right now, and and uh, there were there were. Many things said there, of course, in, in four different sermons. But there were, there were there was things touched on that are that are here. The chaff driven with the wind. There's no value in that. There's there's value in the kernel. There's value in the in the hopper full of grain, but there's no no value in the chaff. The wind drives away. Oh, I guess it creates a little bit of carbon for the soil eventually in that, but it says the ungodly are this way. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. I think I think this word judgment covers more than us standing before Jesus on that final day. That, that I guess, is the ultimate judgment. Which way he sends us. Some, some he sends to the right and some he sends to the left. In the parable of the sheep and the goats. But in the... Let's see if, if I can find it here. 12th, 12th chapter, 16th chapter of John, is it? talks about judgment and and I feel that it means I feel that judgment means what Jesus spoke about when he, when he talked of his upcoming death and resurrection he says now is judgment come into this world Nevertheless, John, John 16, 7 and on. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, is, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I, be, if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment... I'm zeroing in on this word judgment here. Because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will shew you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall shew it unto you. I believe that that judgment he speaks about is a, a very simple fact, but it's ever so powerful that after Jesus, 
came to this earth and died and rose again from the dead, we receive, in believing in him, we receive judgment that way that we know right from wrong. Without enlightenment from above, and I'm not belittling anyone's understanding, but we know right from wrong with enlightenment from above. I don't think we know it otherwise. The ungodly shall not stand in judgment. The ungodly don't know right from wrong. It's obvious. You can watch the news or read the papers and see how they have no idea whatsoever between right and wrong. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. One man spoke last evening about about light. He touched on it some. And I thought it was a little bit comical the way he put it, but it it got the point across. He said, You don't when you when you turn out the light, you don't say you turned on darkness. And when you turn on the light, you don't you say you don't say you turned off darkness. You say you turn on the light or you turn off the light. And he was stressing how important that word light is. And sinners don't stand in, or, or the ungodly don't stand in the congregation of the righteous. The righteous is a room where there is nothing but light. And light dispels darkness. It's been said, I guess all my life, I've heard little things like this, that even a, even a candle in a dark room. Now, we realize that if it's a gymnasium, it's not going to shed very much light, but you'll see it from one end of the room to the other. But if you had a little room that was eight by eight feet, a candle lights it up enough that you could probably read a book in there. And that's what light does. In, in the, um, I hope I can make something of this. Um, that John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And later on it says, well, I'll just keep reading. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation. I'll be like uh, Dick Barney. Listen carefully, he says. This is condemnation that light is coming to the world. This is why it says here, sinners don't stand in the congregation of the righteous. Here Here it explains it a little more in depth. It says, this is condemnation that light is coming to the world. Jesus is light. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
They go away from light. They turn toward darkness. They turn towards the counsel of this world. This is talking about more than physical darkness. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. They hate Jesus. He is the light. They hate us because we believe in that light. We strive to draw near to that light. We strive to uh, receive understanding from light. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Luther speaks about that word reproof. And it says we're supposed to use it in such a way, not, not use the word, but we're supposed to reprove in such a way that we speak in that way, in that understanding that men would be convicted that they're sinners. That's what we are. Sinners don't stand in the congregation, great congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We should always have that desire that we would be the righteous. We may not feel, feel very righteous. Because righteous is perfectly right perfect light no darkness at all we don't feel that way but we follow that one Lord Jesus Christ I think I mentioned it here a little while ago the path of that lone Galilean song says, with joy I will follow today, and the toils of the road will seem nothing when I get to the end of the way. I don't know if I should throw it in, but maybe that isn't 100% scriptural. They're good words, nothing wrong with them. But when we are transformed from this life into the next there will be no no remembrance of former things the rich man when he left this world he had remembrance of his former life and he was reminded remember how good you had it in this life and how poor a life Lazarus led led There will be no remembrance. Lazarus did not remember his, his former life. He didn't remember that the dogs licked his wounds, he, wounds. He didn't remember that he sat at the gate of this wealthy man and picked up crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. He didn't remember any of that. He rested in beauty and in glory in the arms of Abraham. It says the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He directs our paths. 
We can't follow those paths perfectly. But he directs us. And his direction is good direction. But it says, the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's not go that way. Let's not put our time and energy into that. Ending up in that position. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we receive the benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Someone have a song? 605. 605.